Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to our show number 923. Well, if you look at a current weather map for the U.S. and southern Canada, you'll see that it's pretty cold in most places up to 26, where we are here in eastern Massachusetts right now. Temps are a bit higher, though, down in Sarasota, Florida. So let's get a little warmth from there by way of this avian audio postcard. Hi, Ray. This is Candy Powell calling from Mayaka State Park in Florida. We are listening and watching as many as 20 limpkins, as well as roseate spoonbills, wood storks, black-necked stilts, anhingas, tricolored herons, and about 15 other species. I'm watching the, the uh, limpkins fighting with each other. This is the most amazing place, and so I wanted to share this with you. Thank you. And we're glad you did. Thank you so much, Candy. I know Candy's husband, Chris, is sending us fabulous photos from down that way as well. Audio postcards, if you'd like to send us one, we'd love it. Just uh, email a file to ray at talkingbirds.com. If you need help with that, we'll stand by for assisting or assistance. Ray at talkingbirds.com is the uh, email address to send the file of an audio postcard. Now out west for our conservation salute of the week, which goes to the city of Laguna Beach, California, which has banned the use of balloons to curtail the risk of devastating wildfires, mylar metal foil balloons involved there, and to eliminate a major source of trash floating near their scenic shores. Just this past Tuesday, the Laguna Beach City Council voted to ban balloons, whether inflated with helium or not, from use on public property or at city events beginning in 2024. Kind of shows what balloons and cats have in common. Both best enjoyed indoors. And around here, when we think of trash on the beach or anywhere else, we think of plurting. That's the name that we came up with, inspired or stolen from the folks who created plogging, to mean picking up litter while birding. We have lots of folks who've joined us in the plurting effort, including recently John Wickman in Houston, Georgia, Emily Bueller in Hillsboro, North Carolina, and Jim Joyce in Woburn, Massachusetts. If you'd like to join the plurting effort, become a, plowed, a proud plurter and send us, or let us send you a beautiful little iron-on proud plurter badge, just visit TalkingBirds.com and look for Go Plurting under the Get Involved tab. Meanwhile, when we think of the beach, of course, we think of the ocean. And here's a question that a Canadian company is trying to answer. Could giving the ocean an antacid help to curb climate change? 
A startup from Ottawa, Ontario, called Planetary Technologies, thinks that by altering seawater chemistry, the ocean surface could absorb way more atmospheric carbon than it does now. Their idea is to turn waste products from shuttered mines into an alkaline powder, which would enter the ocean through already existing wastewater treatment or energy plant pipes, so no new infrastructure required. It's just one of uh, many strategies being worked on to take advantage of the fact that our oceans could be an even bigger help than they are now in the fight against climate change. By the way, the National Academies of Science published a report pushing for more research into ocean-based carbon removal methods, and that's because of the growing scientific consensus that just reducing emissions will not be enough to reverse or stop the devastating effects of climate change. And we'll keep following developments, so stay tuned. That's the sound of our mystery bird, a preview of our contest, which we'll activate a little bit later and invite you to call us as soon as we do that to take part in our mystery bird contest. And the reminder always that you don't necessarily have to get the right answer to win our contest if nobody else does. We'll have a drawing to determine our winner. Our mystery bird has pale brown and streaky body with dark wings and tail and two white wing bars on each wing, a deep pink wash across the chest and a white belly. This is a songbird, I neglected to mention. It has a red forehead and a black chin. Like last week's mystery bird, our bird breeds in northern Canada and Alaska, In winter, it's found over the northern tier of states and irregularly south to California, Oklahoma, and the Carolinas. It feeds on seeds and insects, on branches and weed tops, and sometimes on the ground. On cold winter nights, our bird has been known to tunnel under snow to keep warm. Some clues there about our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes await, including from Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, a $15 gift certificate. And from Mary's Gone Crackers, a month's supply of their organic and delicious super seed crackers. And maybe a feather-friendly bird window collision kit if we get to our bonus question this morning on the show. We'd like to salute our Talking Birds ambassadors, wonderful listeners who help us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation Two ambassadors to thank from the great state of New Jersey. Thank you to Corey Westnitzer from Somerset, New Jersey. Thank you so much, Corey. And thank you to George S. from Monroe Township, New Jersey. Thank you, George. And George says he'll be sending us an audio postcard from his recent visit to Kissimmee, Florida. Meanwhile, from back out in California, here's another Talking Birds ambassador explaining why she thinks being one is a pretty good idea. My name is Meg. I'm calling from Altadena, California. Talking Birds really is a delightful 30 minutes of really valuable information. So why not share in that wealth (laughs) with other people? So yes, I encourage all Talking Birds listeners to get involved in the Ambassador Program. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our Ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. Well, still to come today, we'll hear about a birding festival that's so big it even has biggest in its name. Also today, 
We know about lizards regrowing their tails if they lose them. But what about birds? Can they do it too? We'll find out in our Let's Ask Mike live segment with the Bird Watchers General Store's Mike O'Connor. And up next, we're heading south again to catch up with today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. One of the birds we just heard about in Candy Powell's audio postcard was the wood stork. We reported some good news about that bird last week, that its increasing population means it may soon be removed from endangered species status. One of the other birds Candy saw was today's featured feathered friend, the roseate spoonbill. A large, striking bird in shades of pink with a partly bald head and red eyes and a giant spoon-shaped bill. It has a nearly four-foot wingspan and a length of close to three feet. Roseate spoonbills often feed in groups, sweeping their specialized bills through shallow fresh or salt water for fish, shrimp, prawns, and aquatic insects, snapping their bills closed when they detect the prey items and often swallowing them whole. It's believed that it's the carotenoid pigments in those crustaceans and aquatic invertebrates that give the bird that pink plumage. An interesting behavior of roseate spoonbills is something called sky-gazing. When the birds are feeding and they spot a flock of other roseates flying over, they'll lift their bills and point them toward the sky. Roseate populations in the U.S. are doing well. According to the North American Breeding Bird Survey, their populations increased by nearly 6.5% per year between 1966 and 2019. Partners in Flight estimates the global breeding population at 170,000 individuals, and they rate the bird as being of low conservation concern. Our featured feathered friend, Platylia ayaya, the roseate spoonbill. Welcome again to our show, number 923. Well, the biggest week in American birding is organized and hosted by the Black Swamp Bird Observatory. Kim Kaufman is the executive director of the observatory, and I think this is the right description, creator of the festival. And she joins us now to explain why we should all be making plans to head for northwest, or northwest Ohio <laughs> beginning on the 5th of May. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Ray. Great to be with you this morning. Great to have you here. Northwest Ohio. That's kind of in the middle, I guess, but this is actually northwest. That's right. That that's right. That we're talking about here. <laughs> um, well, Kim, for those wondering why this festival is called the biggest week, I guess one reason is that it goes for 10 days. That's a pretty big week right there. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's it's a, a festival that lasts 10 days. It takes place on the shores of Lake Erie. And it's also one of the largest gatherings of birders anywhere in the world coming together to celebrate our common love of birds. Mm-hmm. And how many years now this has been happening? This will be the, the 12th year. We, Of course, we skipped a year during COVID mm-hmm. and we had a virtual year. So this is the 12th year. Mm-hmm. Well, I've gotten a little blurry-eyed looking at all the events and talks <laughs> and workshops at the festival this year. Maybe you could summarize a, a few of the highlights for us. We pack a lot of activities into those 10 days. There's mm-hmm. truly something for everyone from 
free beginning birder workshops taking place throughout the week, van trips, keynotes, workshops every day, and we're we're adding some new things every year. Mm -hmm. There's a banquet I hear this year, uh, too. Well, maybe you had that last year, too. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Ray. Last year was Black Swamp Bird Observatory's 30th anniversary. And for the first time in Biggest Week history, we had an evening banquet. And it was such a success that by popular demand, we're going to add a banquet to every Biggest Week. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that because our keynote speaker for the banquet, our featured speaker of the entire festival... is Errol Leonard. And I've known Errol, Errol since she was a young college student. And Errol is now at Pinnacles National Park working as a biologist with condors, California condors. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see this presentation. Wow. Okay. As part of the banquet uh, this year. Um, by the way, you, you just mentioned about beginning birders and such. Uh, people might think a festival like this is for what, really experienced birders only, but certainly not oh. the case. It, it's really, no, not at all, Ray. It's it's the perfect opportunity to bring new people out because as anyone who's been birding for a while knows, the birding community is just, they're the nicest, most welcoming people. So we can bring people out for their very first birding experience, surround them with happy people who want to share birds, and they'll get to see a black-throated blue warbler or maybe a golden-winged warbler and you know, if, imagine starting out your first day of birding with birds like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just a wonderful opportunity to welcome new people into the birding community. Well, that kind of brings me to this warbler capital of the world thing that you just <laughs> mentioned, those birds there. Tell us about that and what that's about. It's a, a pretty lofty claim, I know, but it, um, it lives up to the hype. It's um, in northwest Ohio, as songbirds are returning north um, <clears throat> to their breeding grounds, they pile up along the shores of Lake Erie, wanting to rest and feed before they cross this big barrier of water. Mm-hmm. And we are fortunate to have many places along the lake where we can immerse people in spring migration. McGee Marsh Wildlife Area is certainly the most famous and iconic um, birding spot, but there are so many others. And at McGee, on this boardwalk, we can put people at eye level with so many different, more than more than 30 different species of warblers where they're so close that people can take selfies <laughs> with warblers, if you can imagine such a thing. Wow. So we feel like it lives up to the hype and we we lay claim to the to it being the warbler capital of the world. Mm-hmm. All right, I think you talked, you talked me into it there. Everything about the <laughs> festival, by the way, I'll repeat this in a minute too. Uh, you'll find it uh, biggestweekinamericanbirding.com. And that includes lodging, too. There's everything from hotels to bed and breakfast to campgrounds, AmericanBirding.com. I mean, biggest week in AmericanBirding.com, or just Google that name of the festival. So the group that you lead, Kim, the Black Swamp Bird Observatory, is the biggest organizer or the, or the organizer. Uh, but you have things going on with the observatory all year, including education and research, right? That's right. We're a a very ambitious small group of people, and the biggest week is just one. It's a big element of what we do, but we've been studying migratory birds on the shores of Lake Erie for more than 30 years. We have dynamic education programs for kids, including our Ohio Young Birders Club, which we started in 2006. It's become a model program for teen birders throughout this country and other countries. Um, My education director, Becca Matthews, 
had a conversation with a gentleman who wants to start a young birder program in India. Mm-hmm. So um, education, research, the biggest week, and lots of conservation ad- advocacy as well. So we are a busy and ambitious group of people. Mm-hmm. And you, I know you do have people supporting you from all over, and you have a pretty big membership uh, initiative or uh, incentive right now, right? We do. Thank you for mentioning mentioning that, Ray. Um, in addition to a lot of other benefits, um, people can become members of Black Swan. And the more members that we have, the more it strengthens our voice when we're speaking on behalf of bird conservation. But we like to give something back to our members. So it's a, it offers a discount on Biggest Week registration and lots of other activities that we offer. And thanks to our friends at Land, Sea, and Sky, who have donated a $3,500 Zeiss birding package. Mm. Anyone that joins between now and May will be, uh, their name will be put in for a drawing to win that $3,500 amazing Zeiss birding package. Wow. And how do they, uh, how do they join up? What's the easiest way there? The easiest way you can join Black Swamp during your biggest week registration, Mm -hmm. or you can visit Black Swamp at bsbo.org. And we make it really easy, easy through our safe and secure online, um, website okay i know we're giving a lot of addresses here but you can always do the google <laughs> thing and black swamp bird observatory and bsbo.org um uh, back to the uh back to the busy week or the sorry well it is a busy week the biggest <laughs> it, week it, it, in american birding yes, indeed. Uh, just just quickly kim uh, a lot of couples are comprised of a birder and a non-birder uh, for example what about other stuff going on ray you are you're so great um <laughs> northwest ohio welcomes birders whether you're a beginner or a seasoned birder but if you you know oftentimes people are traveling with family members who don't want to bird their brains out for 14 hours and in northwest ohio um it's a wonderful tourism area we have museums and so many other attractions that bring your family along come before the biggest week or stay after and visit all of these amazing places like the Toledo Museum of Art. The Toledo Zoo is is one of the best zoological institutions in the country. Um, the Marblehead Lighthouse, just beautiful places to visit right on the shores of Lake Erie. Mm, biggest week in American birding, May 5th through the 14th. Biggest week in AmericanBirding.com is the website for full info. Kim, thank you and good luck with the festival. I know it will be fabulous. Thank you so much, Ray. We need to get you out here to go birding with us during the biggest week. (laughs) I'm going to work on that. Thank you, Kim. (laughs) Thank you so much. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. 
Well, as incredible as it may seem, we're behind schedule here this morning. On to our mystery bird contest. It's a beautiful small bird with pale brown and streaky body, dark wings and tail, and two white wing bars on each wing, a deep pink wash across the chest, and a white belly, a red forehead, and a black chin. Pretty distinctive. Like last week's bird, our bird breeds in northern Canada and Alaska in winter in the northern tier of states and down into Oklahoma in some cases. It feeds on insects and seeds, branches and weed tops, sometimes on the ground. That's our mystery bird, Beautio Books, $15 gift certificate is one of the prizes and a month's supply of those fabulous Mary's Gone Crackers. Super Seed Crackers is our other prize there for our winner on our mystery bird contest. Again, a reminder, if you don't get the exact answer, you may still be the winner. Uh, a drawing will determine the winner. If no correct answer is received. And here's the all-important number that we urge you to call, ASAP, 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. And it's Let's Ask Mike Live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talking Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. Cape Cod is the location, Orleans to be specific. It's the famous Birdwatchers General Store. Mike O'Connor is there, and he's here as well with a story about stickers and a tale about tails. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good tale morning. about tails. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, begin before we talk about the tale about the tails, I wanted to mention um, last week, a, a couple of weeks ago, I did a show about just down the street from us. Uh, a pair of bald eagles have uh, uh, taken up residence in an osprey nest, and we're interested to see what that is. But uh, a few days later, Mary Reed showed up. Mary Reed is a big fan of the show, and she has this wonderful business called Fat Bird Designs, and she makes these stickers that we sell. But she had heard the show, and she listened to the show, and she said, I want to go see the, the eagles. So we gave her directions, and um, then later that day, uh, my son Casey and her friend went to see the eagles, and there was Mary and her friend. So apparently at least one person is listening to the show, so that's a good thing right there. <laughs> that's, that's but she true. makes these great stickers. You should check them out, Fat Bird Designs. Yeah. She and mom both listening to the show. That's <laughs> yeah, we mom, know that. Yeah, no, you, yeah, your mother wasn't there. She was she was busy, but she yes, I'll get her again. Oh, so uh, yeah, so the tales now. The um, well, you're, you're going to yeah, good, good, good segue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what are we doing? Yeah. So uh, here's the other thing I wanted to mention. Sometimes, sometimes you look out on your feeder and you see a bird and its tail is missing, and you know, look like a little uh, bobby bird because the tail's gone. And um, we used to think, well something happened to the tail, usually a predator, you would think, grabbed the bird and pulled the tail off. And it turns out that is true, 
but it's not as dramatic as it sounds. It seems the birds have ability to release their feathers mm-hmm. when um, they're being attacked by a, a predator. It's a term I wasn't even familiar with. It's called a fright molt, where uh, the birds can actually release their feathers. Because when you think about it, birds' feathers have to be held on really tightly, or they blow off when the bird's flying, or if the wind came up, they'd blow off like, uh, you know, David Clapp's toupee does on a windy day. Oh, well, oh. the birds hold these on really you know they don't take they don't lose their feathers on the storm or whatever but if they're being grabbed or attacked by a predator they have the ability to release them and and get away safely so that's why you see birds sometimes out at your feeder with their tail missing so the next question i was wondering is okay do the birds have to wait for for their molting season because birds replace their feathers usually once a year sometimes twice a year do they have to wait that long to be without a tail because tails are important to birds. So I checked in with your friend Stephanie at Wildcare, Stephanie Ellis, mm-hmm. and she confirmed, no, 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 no. If the birds give up their tails to escape danger or lose them any other way, the, um, their tails or other feathers, if there's no damage, that will immediately start growing back. And in a few weeks, the birds will be good as new flashing their tails and, and looking a little bit less like, like a bobcat. You're still there, right? Oh, I thought that I thought you were going to say some, something else. That was, I was distracted because the David's toupee just flew by behind her to the Talking Birds Garden, and I, I just got distracted. Anyway, thank you so much for all that, and uh, thank you, Mary Reed. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a great sticker. Okay, talk to you next week. All right. Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. We are darn near out of time for our Mystery Bird Contest, but if... You call us really quickly. We'll be able to get to it before we do uh, run out of time here. And the mystery bird that we're looking for sounds like this. And the number to call is, well, I'll give you the description first. This small songbird has pale brown and uh, a pale brown and streaky body with dark wings and tail. Two white wing bars in each wing. A deep pink wash across the chest and a white belly. It has a red forehead and a black chin. On cold winter nights, our bird has been known to tunnel under snow to stay warm. That's really kind of a famous thing about our mystery bird. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And those prizes, again, include from Beautio Books, one of the biggest selections of birdie books in the world there, a $15 gift certificate, and uh, delicious Mary's Gone Crackers, a month's supply of their organic and delicious super seed crackers. And uh, we have uh, Justin in Bolton, Massachusetts. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Good morning. Good to hear from you. How are you? Good. How's in Bolton? (laughs) Probably a little chilly out there? A little chilly. We're hunkered down. (laughs) Hunkered down here in late February. Well, Justin, I believe you heard the clues and the sound of our mystery bird and all that. What do you say it is? I was going to guess the common red pole. According to my notes, that is a good guess. Exactly right. Common red pole. We love to see this bird in the wintertime. It is a beautiful thing. Common red pole is correct. Uh, I think we're, oh, maybe we have time for a bonus question here. I think we do, actually. We do want to give it a try. Sure. All right. So I guess we all know that robin's eggs are blue. American robins, that is, and it's because of a special pigment that's produced by the female when she lays the eggs. 
Question is, what is the name of this special pigment? Multiple choice here. Is it A, Billy Verdon, B, Billy Rubin, C, Billy Melanin, or D, Billy Joel? Uh, Sorry about that. I'm going to go with C, Billy Melanin. Billy Melanin. That sounds like an absolutely, uh, totally logical guess. It is not, though. It's Billy Verdon. Billy Verdon. They tell us it's the same pigment found in blue butterfly wings, for example. We also uncovered this about robin's eggs. They're not all the same shade. You've probably noticed that if you've had nests in your yard. So the earlier eggs tend to be a more intense blue than the last few, and smaller eggs generally brighter than larger eggs. And, of course, we also learned that blue in eggs is the only blue associated with birds. There's no blue feathers or blue skin or anything like that, just blue eggs and blue sky, I guess. Well, Justin, congratulations. Uh, You're the winner of those uh, Mystery Bird Prizes, so hang on the line. We'll get your info. Thank you, Ray. All right. Justin there, correctly uh, identifying the common red pole as our mystery bird. And guess what? We are out of time. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.